Good afternoon, Lafayette. I was going to tell you that it was actually sunshiny and nice outside, but I looked outside, and even with the sun out, there's still some rain hitting my car. So uh, be careful driving out there. Uh, as we just said in the traffic update, right now just a traffic light malfunction on Ambassador, so be careful of that. And uh, you guys, just be safe out there. The often on rain will cause a little bit of havoc on the roads because every so often it seems like people just forget how to drive whenever there is any sort of weather whatsoever. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. The show notes are live on KPL965.com. Just go and look for the piece titled, what did I title it? Uh, the Collapse of the Economy. Go and, and find that. You'll see all of the show notes for the day. And actually, the economy is where I want to start today. So this morning, we had a good jobs report come out. Nearly 400,000 jobs created in the month of June. That's actually a very, very good thing. That is something that we should celebrate. A, a strengthening jobs market is good. And even Fox News was saying in, news, in, in its reporting this morning that, you know, this doesn't look like a recession, which if you're only looking at the job market, absolutely, that is the case. This does not look like a recession. But there are some other signs out there you need to pay attention to when we talk about the economy and where we are. There's actually some bad news coming from Bloomberg today. And I have this linked uh, just under, uh, this, is the, this is my third story down uh, on the show notes today, but it, I think it's the most important story right now. So, you know, Joe Biden went out, gave a very awkward speech. Again, I think it's elder abuse to continue to have Joe Biden uh, uh, making any sort of public speech or comments or taking questions or anything like that, like that. It's clear that he's not the guy he used to be. But he gave an awkward speech. He signed these executive orders. Uh, you, you guys have heard enough about that today. I don't think that's the big news of the day. And if you've heard me say anything so far uh, on this show, you know that I've been preaching that as much as the Democrats want to make it about abortion, that's simply not the case. Voters are out there worried about the economy, which is why I think... The big news of the day is this Bloomberg story. The U.S. industrial complex is starting to buckle from high power costs. Europe's fertilizer plants, steel mills, and chemical manufacturers were the first to succumb. Massive paper mills, soybean processors, and electronics factories in Asia went dark. Now, soaring natural gas and electricity prices are starting to hit the U.S. industrial complex. On June 22nd, 600 workers at the second largest aluminum mill in America, accounting for 20% of U.S. supply, learned they were losing their jobs because the plant can't afford an electricity tab that's tripled in a matter of months. Century Aluminum Company says it'll idle the, Haw the Hawesville, Kentucky mill for as long as a year, taking out the biggest of its three U.S. sites. A shutdown like this can take a month as workers carefully swirl the molten metal into storage so it doesn't solidify in pipes and vessels and turn the entire facility into a useless brick. Restarting takes another six to nine months. For this reason, owners don't halt operations unless they've exhausted all other options. At least two steel mills have begun suspending some operations to cut energy costs, according to one industry executive who asked to not be identified because the information isn't public. 
In May, a group of factories across the U.S. Midwest warned federal energy regulators that some were on the verge of closing for the summer or longer because of what they described as a, quote, unjust and unreasonable electricity costs. They asked to be wholly absolved of some power fees, a request that, if granted, would be unprecedented. It's no wonder. By the beginning of June, natural gas prices had tripled what they were er a year earlier, threatening households and businesses alike with some of the biggest utility bills they've ever seen. This summer, electricity rates for industrial customers are set to hit their highest levels ever based on U.S. government forecasts. Because U.S. plants and factories depend on both electricity and gas, this could very well be the moment the rugs pulled out from under American uh, industry. So yes, we had nearly 400,000 jobs created in the month of June. Keep in mind that the labor force participation rate is actually still pretty low compared to where it was before Joe Biden took office. Also consider that we are working on a deficit and there are still a lot of jobs that have to be filled. At the same time, you have major companies like Walmart, Amazon, other major employers that are actually slowing down hiring now because they've overhired and an upcoming recession could actually mean they have to lay off people. Major companies are slowing down hiring right now. I know of one major media company that is not taking on new employees right now because they're, they're, everybody's forecasting a recession, a recession in six to 12 months. And as always, last hired, first fired in those situations. The economy may look good on the jobs front, may look good. But on the industrial side, on the energy side, things are still looking awful. Energy costs, I mean, natural gas costs have tripled. Energy costs, uh, electricity costs are skyrocketing. The price of the pump is going way, way up. The Biden administration wants you to think that the economy is doing great, that everything's going according to plan, which, to be fair, it is. Natural gas going up 300% is actually what the Biden administration wants. They want to move us to green energy. They want to move us off fossil fuels, gas, oil, etc. The Biden administration is walking us cheerfully right into a recession. And even though the jobs report today was great, it's not going to make up for the fact that a lot of those jobs could very well end before they even start due to a recession coming up shortly. 232-1542. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, more on the economy and why it's so significant. Here on the Joe Cunningham Show, we will be back in just a moment. News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's important to understand that while the abortion issue is still very much an important issue for moral reasons and why for criminal justice reasons, we do need to be paying attention to things like the Hunter Biden story. And while we do need to push back on the media crafted and democratic crafted talking points of the January 6th commission, the economy is what's most important. As, um, as the Bill Clinton campaign said, as James Carville wrote on a sign in Clinton headquarters, 
It's the economy, stupid. All politics is local, and there's nothing more local than your wallet. And if the party in power is overseeing a massive economic collapse and people in blue collar jobs like factories and the energy sector are about to lose their jobs. And if energy costs in the uh, workplace and at home are skyrocketing and there's still supply chain issues and the grocery store prices are still climbing and other consumer prices are still climbing. Nobody cares as much about Hunter Biden, abortion, uh, January 6th, any of those issues on the right that, that, the, that the, the loudest voices on the right and left are yelling about. Nobody cares about those. They are focused on the economy. And the Biden administration is about to drag the Democrats down. Again, listen to this. Manufacturing, I'm sorry, uh, by the beginning of June, natural gas prices had tripled what they were a year earlier, threatening households and businesses alike with some of the biggest utility bills they've ever seen. This summer, electricity rates for industrial customers are set to hit their highest levels ever based on U.S. government forecasts because U.S. plants and factories depend on both electricity and gas this could well be the moment the rugs pulled out from under American industry. That is going to shift far more voters than abortion, gun control, Hunter Biden, January 6th, anything like that. That's going to be what pushes things over the edge. Now, Civics, C-I-V-I-Q-S, is a left-leaning pollster. They are in no way mo- they're in no way un- uh, nonpartisan. They are no way right-leaning. Civics is a left-leaning and always has been pollster. But they have been very their their numbers have been very hard on Joe Biden. Listen to this. Joe Biden's approval rating. 25% approve 63% disapprove. In the 18 to 34 range, 19% approve, 63% disapprove. 35 to 49, 24 approve, 64 disapprove. 50 to 64, 29 approve, 60 disapprove. 65 plus, 30 approve, 63 approve, uh, disapprove. Under uh, when when breaking it down by education, non-college graduate, 24 approve, 63 disapprove. College graduate, 26 approve, 64 percent disapprove. Postgrad, 30 percent approve, 61 percent disapprove. Looking at the breakdown by gender, this is this can't be right. They're a left-leaning poll, but they've only sampled two genders, male and female. Weird. Um, males. The male voters, 21% approve of Joe Biden's performance, 70% disapprove. Female, 28% approve, 57% disapprove. By party affiliation, this is a very important number. 60% of Democrats approve, 17% disapprove. The party in power 
the president is of the Democratic Party and only 60% of his voting base, of his voters, approve of his job performance. That right there is a big red flag. It should come as no surprise, 1% of Republicans, and I think that's being generous, approves of Joe Biden's performance, 97% disapprove. Among independents, only 18% approve, 67% disapprove. And here's this. Under the racial breakdown, 12% of white voters approve of Joe Biden's performance, 82% disapprove. Only 51% of black or African-American voters approve of Joe Biden's performance, 26% disapprove. Again, if black support for a Democratic president is only at 51%, that is the house is on fire level numbers. And it gets worse. 17% of Hispanic or Latino voters approve of Joe Biden's performance, 68% disapprove. And for other racial affiliations, 18% approve, 70% disapprove. The racial breakdown is enough for Democrats to run around pulling their hair out. And they are. I've mentioned for the last two days, yesterday it was on uh, offsides when I was flying solo there, but I've mentioned for the last two days, the headlines are atrocious for Joe Biden. Democrats have no qualms right now getting out there and slamming the disorganized White House. And it's not, it's, it's not difficult to see why. The Biden administration is doing a lot of blame shifting. They're not taking responsibility for anything. They are not taking a very hard position on the things that the most progressive Democrats want, but they're not doing anything to try to solidify the independent and moderate voters. Everyone is fleeing. The hardcore Democrat, the hardcore left Democrat base is going to stay home. Black voters are going to stay home. Hispanic voters are shifting to the Republican Party. That's why Democrats are mad. They're mad not because independents are fleeing, but because their own base isn't going to show up for them. My buddy, Dan McLaughlin, who I had uh, on the show uh, uh, a week or two ago, uh, set, puts it in possibly the best, best terms I've seen so far. The numbers that I just read to you from that civics poll, this is what Dan McLaughlin at National Review says. Those are Putin's approval rating in Kiev numbers. That's how unpopular Joe Biden is. In fact, I would wager that maybe Putin is a little bit more popular in Kiev than Joe Biden is in America right now. And then you look at all of the close races. You have a lot of negative stories coming out about Herschel Walker. And you know what? In Georgia, Herschel Walker could still very much win that race. In Pennsylvania, Mehmet Oz, who I dislike and think that Donald Trump should have stayed out of endorsing him, he very much could still win. The, uh, the, the crazy guy running as a Republican for governor in Pennsylvania, uh, Doug Mastriano, he could very well win. Flawed Republican candidates who shouldn't be near office could very well win. All because the Democrats are being dragged down by Joe Biden 
and frankly, Congress, because Congress has played a large hand in this too. The entire Democratic Party has played a large role in pushing away energy production, going after the environmental uh, crowd pleasers, causing the energy crisis that's going to shut down American industry if that Bloomberg story is, is to be believed. It's the economy, stupid. James Carville is right. It may cause a little bit of heartburn for me to say that, but James Carville's right. It's the economy, stupid. And as much as the Democrats really, really hoped that abortion would be their lifesaver, it wasn't. It's not showing up in the polls. And what is showing up in the polls, you have to split in half because half the people who are passionate about abortion and go out to vote based just on that issue are pro-life. So if 5% are saying abortion is their big issue, you got to take half of that because half of that is pro-life and the other half is pro-abortion. So 2.5% of voters really care, and they were already going to vote Democrat in the midterms anyway. The Democrats are running out of time. It's a bad, bad situation. And on that note, I think we can go ahead and take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, we will talk more on some of these poll numbers and how does Louisiana get, uh, become a part of this? All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, these rising energy costs, and again, I've got the story linked, kpl965.com. Uh, if you look for today's show notes under uh, the collapse of the economy, that's the name of the post on, on the website that has all of my show notes and... Uh, if you go down to the section where I talk about the economy, I link to this Bloomberg story. By the beginning of June, let me read this again. By the beginning of June, natural gas prices had tripled what they were a year earlier, threatening households and businesses alike with some of the biggest utility bills they've ever seen. Why am I focusing on this? Because of where I live. And where you guys live, Louisiana is a major energy or potentially major energy producing state. And as I said yesterday, as I've said consistently for a while, we have a governor who has focused on running the oil and gas energy or the oil and gas industry out of the state. He laid the groundwork for Joe Biden to do the same thing on a nationwide scale. The tools of the trade were different, mind you. John Bell Edwards' tools of the trade, being a trial lawyer, were suing the companies out of the state and threatening more lawsuits and chasing them off. And Joe Biden's tools of the trade are the bureaucracy make everything happen as slowly as possible so that energy producers just give up with the, you know, with uh, the threats hanging beneath all of the slow bureaucracy where, you know, even if you do get approval, we are going to put our boot on your neck. We're going to make it very difficult for you to continue to produce in the country. We're going to make it impossible for you to produce offshore. And still, and still, 
one of the easiest ways to fix a lot of this is for the environmentalists to say, you know what, nuclear is clean. We should go with nuclear more. But they won't do that. A couple of, you know, uh, the potential for Chernobyl is everywhere. Okay? The, the potential for Chernobyl, Fukushima, all those, that's everywhere. Despite the fact that these are very, very, very rare events. Nuclear meltdowns don't happen as much as the environmentalist movement wants you to think they could happen. But we're an energy producing state. We are a natural gas and oil producing state. We have leadership in the governor's mansion that has actively fought against that time after time after time after time. John Bill Edwards deserves an award for single handedly destroying the, the most profitable industry in Louisiana. Chasing them out. And he likes to, you know, parade around every time a big company says they're moving to Louisiana. He likes to parade those announcements around, then say nothing when the, the, the jobs and the, the nothing, uh, you know, materializes from it. But to keep quiet on that. And then there's our Republican leadership. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. I'm, you're, you're not hearing a repeat of yesterday's show. I'm just going to say it again. The Republican Party in the state of Louisiana has no leadership. If they did, they would have fought against it. They would have done more. You had near veto-proof majority. You had a near supermajority in the House, in the Senate. You could have very easily pushed back against John Bell Edwards and his anti-energy agenda. His far-left energy policies. And they did nothing. And it's led to out-migration. Almost every other red state, certainly the biggest and most successful red states, all saw major economic growth, all saw in-migration. Louisiana, once again, saw out-migration. Think about it. The state which produces or has the potential to produce a significant chunk of the energy needs of the country and its own governor ran those companies out. And now people from this area will drive three, four hours in the other direction to go work for companies across state lines that their governors are not so stupid as to chase those industries out. And if they don't want to make that drive, what they'll do is they'll simply pack up the kids and the wife and, and move. Sorry, don't mean to be sexist. Husband or wife. Pack them and the kids up and move. To go somewhere where the energy industry is embraced. Can you tell me why Louisiana's leadership is that stupid? Why they are so anti-Louisiana. There's no way that you can be a Republican leader in the legislature and not fight harder for the energy sector in the state. And we all watched. We all watched as John Bell Edwards came in and immediately started getting his trial lawyer buddies to come up with some ways to sue the oil and gas companies out of the state. 
And our Republican leadership did nothing. They talked a good game, but they did nothing. That's not leadership. We as a state, economically, are doing so much worse than other red states because our Republican Party could not, could not find a decent leader, could not find any decent leadership. We've let too many people who just switched the letter behind their name to an R determine the course of the state's party. We watched as oil and gas jobs left Lafayette. We watched as many of those places packed up shop. They left here. They left the state. Some places have tried. They haven't really been able to get off the ground because we do not have a business-friendly environment in the state. And again, because we have not been able to produce so far, and our options are very limited for getting to produce here in the state and nationwide, according to Bloomberg, for the fourth time today, by the beginning of June, natural gas prices had tripled what they were a year earlier, threatening households and businesses alike with some of the biggest utility bills they've ever seen. And as a result... Joe Biden's disapproval is at 63%. His approval is at 25%. And that is a left-leaning pollster. The real clear politics average for Joe Biden. 38% approval, 57.3% disapproval. His disapproval is higher than his approval rating ever was. Because on every issue, Joe Biden has not been able to do anything of note. And it's not the Republicans' fault for blocking him. His own party blocked him in the Senate because some of the ideas were too radical. On the economy, his disapproval is at 62%. On immigration, it's at almost 60%. On foreign policy, it's at 54%. On COVID-19, he's lucky. He's actually above water there. 50.8% approval, 45.5% disapproval. That is the only topic he is above water on. Everywhere else, he is underwater. It's on him. And it's on the Democratic Party. Because Democrats, not just Joe Biden, but guys like John Bell Edwards have also fully embraced the environmentalist agenda and have killed the energy sector in the United States. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, hopefully your calls here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the program. I am so very glad that my tax dollars go to paying for National Public Radio, and I'll tell you why. So uh, 11 o'clock our time last night, uh, early this morning Japanese time, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Uh, uh, 
a middle-aged man who had disagreements with the prime minister uh, used a, a homemade gun to fire at the uh, former prime minister who was giving a stump speech. In fact, I think that Abe was possibly working on making a return back to Japanese politics. Now, he's one of the longest serving prime ministers in modern Japanese history, immensely popular throughout Japan. And a very, very staunch ally of the United States. The Pacific would be geopolitically a much different place without Shinzo Abe and his relationship with the U.S. and the, re and the West. This is how NPR tweeted their story of the assassination of Shinzo Abe. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, a divisive arch-conservative and one of his nation's most powerful and influential figures, has died after being shot during a campaign speech in Western Japan, hospital officials said. NPR took a shot at Shinzo Abe before his body was cold simply because Shinzo Abe was a friend of Donald Trump and he had a friendly relationship with George W. Bush. Never mind the fact that he had a good working relationship with Barack Obama as well. The Japanese prime minister, who was a staunch ally of the U.S., under both Democratic and Republican administrations, got just attacked by NPR, by National Public Radio. Your tax dollars go to fund. It's time to defund NPR. It really is. It's time to stop giving them some sort of legitimacy when they are no better than the rest of the corporate media outlets that air their biases all the time. NPR just does it with your tax money. Now, here's the thing. Check out these headlines. Or check out, check out this NPR description of Fidel Castro after Castro died. One of the most prominent international figures in the last half of the 20th century, Castro inspired both passionate love and hate. Many who later lost faith in him can remember how they once admired the man who needed just a dozen men to launch the Cuban Revolution. Fidel Castro, a tyrant, got a better eulogy from NPR than Shinzo Abe, a longtime American ally, got. And that leads me to my column from today. I want to end the show with this, because this is important. From Gallup, Americans are less confident in major U.S. institutions than they were a year ago, with significant declines for 11 of the 16 institutions tested and no improvements for any. Here's a breakdown of the media. The trust fall in news media is as such. Just 5% of Republicans say they had a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers compared to 35% of Democrats. 8% of Republicans said they had a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in TV news compared to 20% of Democrats. Independence views are generally closer to Republicans. Do you want to know what the independent numbers are? 
the biggest drop in trust in media came from the independents. From a year ago, independent voters had 19% trust in newspapers. Now it's 12%. In television news, trust among independents dropped from 13% to 8%. No one trusts the media. And here you have NPR out there saying Shinzo Abe was a divisive arch conservative. No, he wasn't. Shinzo Abe was one of the most beloved political figures in Japanese history. One of the longest serving. Came back. Ran again, won again, and was giving stump speeches until yesterday. And was even potentially planning for his own political comeback, which he would have likely won if he ran for prime minister again. But because our media is so deeply partisan and so divided and loves to push division among American citizens, among its own readership and viewership, they have to go out and attack. Because Shinzo Abe gave a golden golf club to Donald Trump. And that's just something you can't do. God forbid Shinzo Abe is one of the best allies the U.S. has ever had and is friends with a lot of former presidents. Disregard the fact that the Pacific, which is home to one of our biggest geopolitical threats, China, would be under more Chinese control more than likely if Japan wasn't there. And if folks like Shinzo Abe weren't there to help the U.S. counter Chinese efforts at expansion in the Pacific. The media is deeply, deeply broken. Irreparably broken. There's no coming back from the division and the lack of trust. The only thing that, is, that has less trust in America is Congress which is also irreparably broken. But trust among the media has plummeted over the last several years because the media has gone further and further into their own bubble, no longer reporting news to its viewers, but preaching at them. They are more interested in preaching and dictating to you. And if you vote for a Republican, God help you, you're a far-right extremist. Maybe that's why there's no trust in the media, because they feel free to attack their own viewers. Maybe that's it. Maybe people see the coverage that allies like Shinzo Abe get. Maybe they see the fact that Americans get attacked by the media if they vote for the wrong thing. Maybe they see how much the media divides, and that's why there's no trust among the media, uh, among the public in the media. Maybe the media should try to fix it. All right, that's going to do it for 23 hours here on the Joe Cunningham Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast version of the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Stick around, though. I'll be back here on Offsides with Shannon Wilkerson. All that and more right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.